0: Welcome to the Zane Quibido podcast. Uh, My name is Zane. Uh, I try to release every Friday. Um, So uh, every Friday, you can hopefully wake up in the morning and then you'll see uh, an episode that I release. Right now, I'm doing a deep study into Psalm 25. Uh, It's going to be, I think, a 10-week series, uh, just digging into Psalm 25, talking about foundational qualities I believe every godly person should have. Uh, I think we're in week six right now, if I remember correctly. And the title is uh, Relying, uh, like relying on people uh, and relying on God for help, uh, because we can't do it alone. And so uh, I'm going to dig into this. I'm really excited about it. Um, If this doesn't get released, I should be released tomorrow. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, so I'm going to try to have everything released by Friday. Um, This podcast is to help encourage and empower the young generation uh, to be strapped with the word of God to know what's in there and uh, and to actually use it for the glory of God, I believe that the God's word, what He has left us with, uh, which is the Scripture, um, to instruct us. I believe that this can change the entire world uh, because honestly, this is from another world, and so uh, people are not going to understand it. People may hate you because here's the thing: it is a love that is that that is not a. Um, It's not partial. And most people's view of love is very partial. it's like, oh, well, I mean, okay, I'll go into this little thing and then we'll go straight into it because um, this episode, because I have so much to to go through. But uh, there is a big belief in this nation called um, relativism. So relative-ism. Relative, you know, it's kind of like, you have like objective truth and they have like relative truth. Um, and so like objective truth is like, okay, gravity is I think 9.81 meters per square feet. Um, I think that like, that's how fast something falls uh, with gravity. And you know, like the sky is blue and two plus two is four. Like these are objective truths. Um, it doesn't matter what culture you're in. doesn't matter um, what time period you were born in, it's the same. Two plus two is four. The sky is blue. God is the creator. Um, tech decks are the best thing in the world. Okay. Maybe that last one was a little, uh, uh subjective or, you know, like that was my, my truth. Um, but, uh, and that's, and that's subject to change, but relativism is the belief that there's no actual, solid truth, like two plus two doesn't always equal four. It may equal four, uh, in this culture or maybe in this time, but it doesn't mean that it's true, uh, a hundred years from now. And so they usually use this to, um, pretty much get away with sexual immorality, um, which is like, uh, you know, changing genders. Here's thing. I think a lot of people are just confused, uh, and, and, Uh, Because there's not many fathers in the homes, Uh, there's not much security, there's not like an anchor to actually uh, feel safe um, and secure in. And so when kids bully and stuff like that, then they really don't have a foundation. So relativism comes along and says, hey, not everything's completely true. And so they're like, wow, well, if nothing's really completely true, then like, what about my sexuality? Like, what about my age? And and, and you just fall into this, this rabbit trail. Um, but, but the thing is, a lot of people don't dig into it enough. They dig into it enough so that they can do what they want to do. And then they're satisfied with that. Uh, but relativism, uh, it says that there's no absolute truth. Well, is that absolutely true? Because if... Reb- <laughs> the funny thing is, yeah, and, and hopefully you can follow on this. So if, if relativism, relativism states that there's no absolute truth. Is that statement or the, or is the definition of relativism is that absolutely true? Cuz if it is, then the entire belief will just cave in on itself. It's saying, "Hey, we have we have we have no structure, we have no beams to support this house." But but the very statement that they just said that there are no beams to 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 secure this house is literally a beam (laughs) and so with relativism it just honestly it's a bunch of nonsense um i want to encourage you with that like there are absolute truths there are objective truths um many people use relativism to do what they want to do um simple as that now look here's the thing mayonnaise i think mayonnaise is not good uh, that can, that can be different for you, that can, you can say mayonnaise is the best thing, you can say mayonnaise is an instrument, um, and, and that, and that, that may be true for you, may not be true for me, and that's kind of, and it's almost like preference, I think a lot of people are getting mixed up with, like, truths and preferences, um, you can have a lot of preferences, and you can really disagree on a lot of preferences, but truths are just truth <laughs> um, because here's the thing and if there's no absolute truth and you believe in God then why would you believe that God is good why would you believe that God has a plan for you why would you believe that God will save you why do you believe that Jesus uh, saved you from your sins because that's not absolute that could have been true in that time period in the New Testament but is it not true today And so relativism has a, it it just, it just crumbles in on itself. And so even, even if you're not a Christian, even if you don't believe in Jesus, relativism caves in on itself because the very thing it's trying to reject is the very thing that it's founded on. And so it's trying to reject all complete truths. But as you say, there is no complete truth. Your statement is a complete truth. So it, it, it just it just backfires completely. anyways so let's get into Psalm 25. So the main verses we're going to be we're going, going to be using is verse 1 through two, four through five, seven through 9, 15 through 18, and then 20 through 21 So let's get started. So remember this episode is about relying and so relying on God asking for help um, us not being able to do stuff on our own. So verse one and two says to you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. Oh my God. in you, I trust, let me not be put to shame. Let not my enemies exalt over me. And so, and, and we've, and we've discussed almost every single verse in other topic or, uh, uh, in other episodes. And so, um, I hope you kind of like, remember, Uh, Some of the things that we've said uh, in the past few uh, episodes and and, and we'll actually go over uh, some that we actually reviewed uh, last week with remembering. But so the first two verses to you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. Now, why would David lift up his soul uh, if he didn't need help? And then why would he trust God if he could if he could be a strong, independent man? Uh, Why would he ask God, like, let me not be put to shame. Let not my enemies exult over me. Well, there's this, there's this aspect of relying on God. Verse four, David says, make me to know your ways. O Lord, teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me for you are the God of my salvation. For you, I wait all the day long. So here again, we see David relying on God's ways, uh, on God's paths, on God's teaching, on God's making, on God's leading, uh, again, on God's teaching, on God's truth, uh, on God's saving, and then on God's timing. All that in verse four and five, because you see, make me to know your ways, and then your ways, then teach me your paths lead me in your truth and teach me for you are the God of my salvation. And then for you, I wait all the day long. So we see David relying on God's making no, um, uh, making, uh, him to know God's ways. We see, uh, God teaching David, his path. We see, God leading David in God's truth we see God teaching David we see God saving David we see uh, God even doing things on his timing and David's like I submit to your timing then in verse 7 we see remember not the sins of my youth or my transgressions According to your steadfast love, remember me for the sake of your goodness, O Lord. Now, anytime someone says for the sake of blank, they usually are relying on the person that they're speaking to or or, or that they're trying to get the message across to. (laughs) Like for the sake of Cheez-Its, please don't turn like, please don't turn off the factory (laughs) Um, because I love Cheez-Its. And so, you know, like, um. Uh, for, for the sake of the children, don't tear down the playground. For the sake of the children, don't leave the family. We need a father. For the sake of the children or for the sake of the husband, like stay with him or, or pray for him or something like that. So every time you see like for the sake of blank, it usually means like you need them or someone needs them. And so you see David, David saying, remember me. You can almost uh, kind of switch that the the wording um, a little bit to where it says like for the sake of your goodness, O Lord, remember me. And then in verse eight it says, "Good and upright is the Lord; therefore, he instructs sinners in the way." Now, in in a, in our last episode about remembering, we see in verse six and seven how God remembers uh, His mercy, which in a way combats verse seven where it says, remember not the sins of my youth. And so that mercy kind of goes with sins and then steadfast love kind of goes with transgressions What we actually see seven and eight tie in together. Because David says, remember not the sins of my youth. And then in verse eight, it says good and upright is the Lord. Therefore he instructs sinners in the way. And then in verse seven, you see, um, david you could say humbling himself in front of god repenting and turning away from what he has and then turning to what god has for him you kind of see seven eight and nine actually intertwined together because in verse nine it says god leads the humble in what is right and teaches the humble his way so it's really cool because in verse eight you see uh, it says, therefore, he instructs sinners in the way, and then in verse nine it says, and teaches the humble his way. So I think that's just—I think that's just really cool. Um, again, how I was talking about—I uh, forgot what episode it was. I think it was remember, or even responsible. I think it's responsible, uh, where God actually, um, or was remember, but God actually like handcrafts. And, and personally trains and guides and instructs each individual personally. And so I feel like when you're humble, he's going to teach you his little special way. And so I'm, I think that's just super awesome. Then in verse uh, 15, 16, 17, and 18, it says, My eyes are ever toward the Lord, for he will pluck my feet out of the net. Turn to me and be gracious to me, for I am lonely and afflicted. So, and yeah, we're just going to continue, and then I'm going to talk about it. And then, the troubles of my heart are enlarged. Bring me out of my distresses. Consider my affliction and my trouble and forgive all my sins. So, David is relying on God um, to pluck him out of a net, out of captivity, you could say, uh, or, or being immobilized. Uh, verse 16, you see David needs someone to face him or he, he needs God to face him and be gracious. You see David saying, I am lonely and afflicted. He's relying on God um, to provide a relationship. And you could say in healing or comfort or, or, or a place of safety, of, of refuge. Uh, then verse 17, David has uh, troubles in his heart, like actually like enlarged troubles. And then he also has distress. And so David's relying on God. Hey, I have uh, like the troubles that are in my heart. They're huge right now. Please bring me out of my distresses. And so what I'd say is, is because it's within this verse and it's within this sentence, um, the troubles of his heart is making him distressed. And so he's, he's relying on God. And then, uh, considering his affliction and his trouble, the pain that he's going through, the trouble that he's going through, and then the sins that he has committed. He is relying on God to save him um, and, and, and to consider, e- even just consider and look at David, look upon his servant. Then in verse 20 and 21, it says, oh, guard my soul and deliver me. Let me not be put to shame for I take refuge in you. May integrity and uprightness preserve me, for I wait for you. And so we uh, we see here in verse twenty and twenty one, David is relying on God to guard his being, his soul. We see David relying on on God to deliver him. And you know, I I think of a uh, like a. Um, like fedex or ups like someone literally like boxing someone up and then like carrying them like across this neighborhood to like a few houses down and delivering him to like the right place and so david says and deliver me and he says and let me not be put to shame so david's identity his confidence in who he is or like who who god says he is that's in the hands of god and then david's refuge his safety the place where Know, like you know like when you get home you can just kind of like take off your shirt uh, grab the <laughs> grab some popcorn or some ice cream and just like relax. Um, David says you're the place where I get to relax. When I come to you you're the place I can take my shirt off and, and be okay. You're my refuge. You're the place where I can actually seek shelter when all heck is, is is breaking loose, when everything's falling apart. And here's the thing. America is not the only place in the world. There are many places like the Middle East where Christians are literally being persecuted. Their heads are getting chopped off because they do not, uh, are, they will not uh, turn away from believing in Jesus as their Lord and Savior. You, you even have families who are, um who who the, 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 there there are these evil people who do unspeakable things to these people's families because they will not they will not denounce or deny the faith that they have in Jesus and so to have a refuge to have a place from uh safe from persecution it is it is so refreshing to have that and david says i am refreshed like i take refuge in you and this is probably when uh actually no this isn't when david was running from saul but it is a bunch of singers collabing together um and talking and singing to god and so every time i say like david it's actually like multiple singers writing this song Uh, but it does say teach me your paths of david like that's kind of the section what it's called and then David is relying on God's, um, you know, he, he's asking God for integrity and uprightness to preserve him. Uh, th- think of it almost like, you know, like you're a, you're a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and they have the plastic wrapper. So may integrity and uprightness, may that preserve me. Because when you put a peanut butter and jelly sandwich in a lunchbox and nothing, like none of the food that you have in your lunchbox is, is covered by something, it's a mess. And it's disgusting. And so David, or, or, you know, the the, the singers, they're saying, God, may integrity and uprightness. May I have a sandwich bag over me that I may be protected. And he says, for I wait for you. So that's that's the scripture that we have in the chapter. Okay, that's what we have. Um, Then. I kind of want to like teach it, hopefully in a way that uh, you can understand. Hopefully you can have a couple laughs. Um, I sure have had a couple laughs, and then hopefully this can kind of like help you realize: it's like, oh, I can actually ask for help, and it's not a demoralizing thing. It's not like it doesn't devalue who you are when you need help. Um, I, th- I think so many have, so many people have this misunderstanding that like, um, that, that that asking for help shows a sign of weakness. It's like, no. And, and, and you'll see in scripture, you'll have a whole, you'll have a whole case for why you ask for help, why you can ask for help, why it's healthy, why it's beneficial and why you should. And let me tell you something. Do you get tired at night? Are you a morning person? Are you a, are, are you a, are you a night owl? Well, guess what? The weaknesses that you have is someone else's strengths. And so you want to be like completely OP well, then grab some more people other than you. you all all work together on one thing, and you will have no weakness. <laughs> there you go. Um, and that's literally kind of like what G- Jesus' last prayer in John 17 um, was talking about unity. Jesus' last prayer was, God, as as me and you are literally one person, so like, you know, believe, you know, God, which uh, you know, is, is one God. So monotheism, which is the belief in one God. Uh, but there's three persons in, in Christianity. So so you have you have God who's one, but then within him are three persons. And I'll explain the Trinity. It's really cool, but I'm explaining it in, in uh in another episode. But you see the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, they they are God. They are one person however um, they are three persons and so what Jesus says is hey as as me and you father are one like we are God like we we, we are God like you can't separate us um, let the disciples let let the students of me be the same way with one another may they be the same, um and and you look at John 15 where uh Jesus says I'm the vine you are the branches uh talking to his disciples you are the branches he who abides in me and I in him uh will bear much fruit apart from me you can do nothing and Jesus even says later it's like you need to and, and again even in, in in that verse John 15 I think that was like uh 5 and 6 or 155 this is just kind of off the top of my memory jesus has called us to abide in him to be literally one with him and so jesus's last prayer and again that's just two chapters later so it's chapter 15 and then chapter 17 and and jesus is asking for this unity where it's like okay you can't separate christians from other christians like they are literally one person or like they, they are one body now there's a few different persons in the body, you know, like that. There's, you know, like how you have hands and feet and toes, um, and a nose and eyes and hair and a backbone, like and ribs and organs and stuff like that. Like, you know, how there, how there's many members of the body, but it's still one body. Like, you can't have one without the other. You know, because then you'd be incomplete. And so Jesus is like, hey, I want them to be a complete body. And I want them to be one with me. And so Christians and God were like, like we are literally so tight. Like we are just one. Mm, that's what Jesus wanted. Um, that was his last prayer. And so uh, what I want to show is just how we can rely on one another and how we can rely on God. And so we've seen it in Psalm 25, uh, you know, kind of try to break it down, you know, verse by verse. And now I want to kind of give you some illustrations of Um, you know, how you can kind of see how like, oh, I'm fine when like you really need something like how it's kind of stupid. Like it, it's kind of (laughs) stupid. So the first thing um, I want to talk about Superman. Okay. So Superman, you know, he can jump over tall buildings and he can do all this cool stuff. The thing is when Superman comes into the picture and people ask Superman for help, they never ask Superman for help according to his limitations. They ask Superman for help according to their limitations. Uh, and I'm, and I'm going to say that one more time because I think it's super powerful. So you do not ask Superman for help according to his limitations, because Superman has a very high limit like he can do a whole lot before he reaches his limit. So you don't ask him for help according to his limit. You ask him for help according to your limit. And as just a regular person compared to a superhero, I'm very limited into a, in a whole lot that I do. A child is very limited in a, in a whole lot that they can do. They can barely cut um chicken nuggets into little bite-sized pieces They, they they need the parent they are asking the parent for help because they are limited they can't cut the chicken nuggets on their own they need help and the same applies with god we do not we do not come to god asking for things according to his limitations we ask god for things according to our limitations We rely on God according to our limitations. I'm very limited on this earth. Um, I got I got a fleshly body that deteriorates, that gets old, that gets tired, um, that passes gas whenever I eat certain foods. Um, I can bruise. There, like, um, I I I get impatient. Uh, I can get lazy and frustrated. And um, I I can do a lot of bad things. I can do a lot of good things. I'm very kind of wishy-washy sometimes. There's some seasons where I'm just very wishy-washy, which means like I go back and forth. And I'm limited. I'm very limited. And I'm not consistent. And so I have to rely on God for that. And I, I, I don't make sure it's like, oh, well, I mean, like, you know, his limit is like he doesn't even have a limit. But, but but like let's say let's say okay it's so like superman he has a limit he can't um or or like regular hulk can't break an earth okay so i don't go up to to hulk and then be like okay can i can i lift a tank or you're like ooh can the like hold on can he not break the earth mm, okay so i'm not going to ask him for that oh i'm going to ask him something like under or or like right at his kind of max where he could have like a lot of fun with it. Uh, but I'm not going to ask anything lower. I'm just going to, I'm just going to ask him, uh, just some, just some medium to high stuff. Here's the thing though, Hulk, and we can even move him to the side by like Superman, even God, like they're not there just to save the day Or, or like from, from, from these big miraculous or these huge, um, things in your life they're there to do the small stuff as well and so what i want to share is like again we ask god for things according to our limitations not his limitations and so and and, and here's a question are you a child and a bride and a best friend, so like are you a child of the Father? Are you a bride of, of Christ Jesus, uh, the groom? And are you uh, w- w- a best friend of Holy Spirit? Then why are you trying to be so limiting when you have literally the source of all resources? Like you have you literally have God, the Father of all things, um, well, not the father of lies. He's not the father of lies. That's Satan. But, um, well, like he, he, he is the father and the creator of all things. Good. He's, he's, he's the creator of all things. He is the, he is the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. You have the husband, the one who takes care of his wife, the one who provides and protects, um, and, 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 um, and purifies and even. Uh, you could even say like takes pride or, or like shows his bride off as this crown on his head. The The glory of him is his wife, the The, the glory of a husband uh, or, or the, the crown on a husband's head is his wife. Then then a child, a child to the father, a child gets literally gets to just take everything that the father has. Everything that the father has is now the child's. Um, so like, you know, if you're a teenager, bro, hey, there's some stuff that is all yours. It's all yours. But if you get married and you become a father, so men, so like, uh if, if you get married and you become a father, you even get married. All of your stuff is no longer just yours, except for the authority that you have. Like, other than that, you know, like your your shoes are now everyone's shoes <laughs> because people want to wear them and people want to like, uh, you know, um, your clothes your money your food your time your energy all of it is now towards your wife and your children and then your best friend let's say your best friend's got like all the hookups for some reason and he's, he's he knows all the sneaker heads which here are the things here's the thing holy spirit does know all the spe- secret sneaker heads okay so he could hook you up with some nice pair of sneakers possibly you know pray um but if that's if, if that is who you have, if you're a child, a bride and a best friend, why in the world are you not using the resource that you have? You are literally at, like like God is the hose that just doesn't stop pouring water and every every bucket of water, every pool, every bottle, every gallon of water that you see came from the hose. Came from God. Yet you try to ask and you try to get from a pool that will run out. You try to get to a gallon of water that will run out. Bro, go to the hose. Go to the source. And you have an unlimited amount of water. And so we have Superman. Okay. Superman can do big things. Um... here's the thing i think a lot of us are scared like if we saw superman right now we would only ask him for big things but you know like it, it it's all in the name of oh he needs to save the day well what if saving the day to you looked like superman cutting your grass or cutting the lawn well you know what superman is there to save the day to help you so you know what ask superman to help mow your lawn uh because because here's the thing if if superman only dig did stuff in like these uh th- th- these these big issues he'd almost look like a program but if he also like cut the grass and helped you with homework and and i don't know like unlocked your car or something like that or um you know something simple like that then he would actually become more approachable and then actually become what we would call a person. And you actually like feel like you could approach him and you could talk with him and you can get to know him. Instead of just watching this, all these miracles happen, all these crazy cool stuff happen, you actually get to know the guy. You actually get a personal relationship with him. You get to hang out with him. You get to call him. That's amazing. The thing is, that's what God is for us. He can do all this amazing stuff, but at the same time, hey, bro, I am bored. And, man, if Superman could just come in and just hang out with me for the day, bro, he would literally save my day because I am so bored. Can I let you know? God wants to save your day. Because you know why? His name literally is, is Savior. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and, and the thing is, is, look, I grew up with Holy Spirit. And there were so many days where we were bored and well, I'm sure the Holy Spirit wasn't bored, but like I was bored and we we're like we we're like making paper frogs and drawing stuff and playing with rubber ducks and Legos. And like we we played together, we rode bikes together, we ate together, we played video games um, like Holy Spirit's there to save the day. God is there to save the day. He's there to be in every part of your life, not just for the miraculous moments, but for the mundane moments as well. Because if you just ask God for all these big stuff, he'll become kind of like a program or something that, like, you know, you kind of visit every now and then. But if you had God incorporated in all of your life, your day to day life, then he would start to become a person. So uh, that's what I have. So. So Superman, so like relying on Superman, you have that. You have that illustration. Don't ask Superman for things according to his limitation. Ask for things according to your limitation. Because you may not reach um, above the fridge, but Superman can. So you need help. You're limited. He's not. Ask him. And, And straight up, if you can't reach on top of the fridge, ask Holy Spirit and he might literally just help you reach something off the fridge which is it's it's so cool like it's super cool just how he does it because he's supernatural you think superman supernatural try god the creator of the of creators yeah super cool okay so we have we have um superman but then we also as you've seen on my podcast cover uh lord of the rings lord of the rings shows reliance So there's a scene in the first uh, Lord of the Rings, the Fellowship of the Ring, where Boromir takes an arrow, let alone like five arrows to the chest to save Merry and Pippin, who are hobbits. Uh, Boromir is just a regular human. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) I'm just kidding. But um, the thing is, is Merry and Pippin were completely dependent and had to rely on Boromir, his skill, his strength. Everything who Boromir was, they like their hands or, or their lives were in his hands. So as Superman saves the day, Lord of the Rings shows that we need to not just have our our days saved, but our lives saved as well. Um, because with with Superman, it's almost like the micro, where uh, Lord of the Rings is like the macro. Uh, you know, So it's like Superman's like the small stuff, and then Lord of the Rings, like the big stuff. So there's a scene where Merry and Pippin and Boromir, and actually the whole the whole squad, which is the Fellowship of the Ring, um, they're running away from all these orcs who are trying to kill them because they have this ring that controls people. And then the evil guy wants it back because the evil guy created it, which was to manipulate a bunch of the leaders in the in this fantasy world. Anyways, they're chasing the hobbits. And the hobbits are running. They are trash at uh, swordsmanship. Literally, they got like they got swords, and then they like didn't use them. Actually, the first time that they were able to use them, or the opportunity to use them, they just dropped them because they were terrified. <laughs> and then Aragorn saved the day. Anyways, so they're running away. They're helpless. They're about to get killed, and then Boromir steps in. A human. Uh, leader like a knight or quote-unquote like a knight you could say like a warrior a fighter and um he is he is the son to the taskmaster if i remember correctly um of what's its place big big place big boy place in lord of the rings it's not important it's okay I'm OK. Yes. Uh, so Boromir is he actually takes the blows um, that Mary and Pippin were supposed to have. Mary and Pippin were supposed to die, but Boromir saves their whole lives. Uh, but the thing is, is the cost of Boromir saving them was his own life. So what I want to point that is, is, is we were about to get murdered by sin. Okay, um, and Jesus took on that sin and died with it and then came back to life. So here's the thing, Boromir in the movie, he didn't come back to life. Jesus comes back to life. But the cost of Jesus saving us from our sin was death, was our death, our death specifically. Boromir died Mary in Pippin's death. And so, um, and, and, and with that, we can't take that lightly. We can't just live flippantly after someone took the cost of, of, of what we did, and just blow it over like nothing happened. Yeah. So, um, with Bormir in... And Mary and Pippin, it really shows kind of like the the, the story of Christ in our lives. So, uh, you look at sin; sin is coming um, with its sword. It's about to to just just yeet us yeet us into eternity. But then Jesus comes in; he saves the day. He takes the arrows. Boromir took like seven arrows and then kept fighting orcs, and it was so cool. And they started getting slow mo. He started blowing this horn. It reminded me of Narnia. And um. And Boromir ends up dying, but Merry and Pippin were relying on Boromir completely and totally, and because of his sacrifice, they lived. And so, uh, Lord of the Rings it shows like long term reliance. Uh, look at look at Frodo and Bilbo. Wait, what? No, Frodo. <laughs> And, and Sam so at the beginning of the journey you see uh, Sam cutting some uh, cutting some garden stuff and then Gandalf throws him in the house he's like what are you doing you know or whatever and uh, and then he gets pulled he, like his punishment for for snooping around and, and eavesdropping he gets to go on the adventure with frodo and gets to take care of him but Sam Sam is an amazing person. He's an amazing hobbit, and he's traveling with Frodo, and Frodo relies on Sam, whether Frodo denies it or not. Frodo needed Sam, especially with Gollum slash Smeagol. Like, you see so many times, countless times, where Sam saved Frodo. Frodo needed Sam and relied on sam and then the world the world relied on frodo to bring the ring to mordor and to cast it into the fire to cast it in the flame the very flame that it was made and forged and so you see with superman there's like saving and then even with lord of the rings there's saving but then there's also sustaining and so this is kind of a call to like Hey, you need God not just in little moments. Like, don't just wait for like summer camp to be saved by God and be like, you know, have this huge move. But, bro, be sustained by the continual reading of His Word and instruction, and be instructed. Let God make you to know His ways. In the very first episode um, of this series, man, if if you have to be, if you have to be picked up and, and literally like. So in grabbing your hands and making you do this stuff, if that's what it takes for you to understand and to live righteously, may it be so. And so um, pretty much what I have is uh, I'm going to I'm just going to slap a whole bunch of verses, a whole bunch of uh, passages right now. And uh, but just kind of keeping that Superman, that Lord of the Rings mindset of like, man, you don't ask God. Uh, for things according to his limitations, you ask God according to your limitations. And then with Lord of the Rings, you need a companion. Need You need someone who you can rely your entire life on and, and, and to stay the course with them. So the first thing is, is uh, Proverbs seventeen, 17. I'm going to flip to it right now. Uh, this is something that actually uh, one of my friends, uh, Seven Beagley, I really love him. And, um, I think it was a birthday card and he wrote this to me and, and, and he said this uh, a few times to me and I've cried almost every time, but, uh, Proverbs 1717 says a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity. So I'm just going to kind of teach this cause I actually had some friends I was uh, calling, uh, earlier tonight or earlier this evening and, uh, and they're like, Hey, what does this mean? And what I said is like, okay, think of Lord of the Rings. Uh, you have Merry and Pippin, and then you have Frodo and Sam. So Mary, so Frodo's going to be the central person, okay? So Frodo has Merry and Pippin, and Merry and Pippin are like friends to Frodo. Uh, they love him, but they weren't there through thick and thin. Sam, on the other hand, was with Frodo at Frodo's worst and, 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 and at his best and so with Sam Frodo fought with Sam Frodo literally fought Sam <laughs> um, frodo uh, did did almost I think like a whole year of life with Sam and they had they had to trust one another each one had to carry each other uh, like there was so much that they went through so a brother, a brother is born for hard times, for difficult times, whereas a friend, you know, like, they they, they, they love at all times. And so, honestly, the, the what can really, really shine light on this is if you look at the very last uh, Lord of the Rings movie um, when, you know, they, they, they threw the ring into the uh, the volcano, you know, happy ending, whatever. Frodo gets back. He wakes up from his sleep. Merry and Pippin jump on the bed. You know, they're all laughing. And Mary and Pippen are just kind of like talking and stuff like that. They're super energetic. But then Frodo looks at Sam. And Sam is at the other side of the room, leaning against the doorpost. And they just look at each other with this gaze of, you're the one that I love. Like, truly love. You are my brother. And they even see, um, as, as Frodo leaves to the, uh, the afterlife, which only, like, elves go to, which is really cool, but um, with his uh, uncle Bilbo. There's there's this time where Frodo says goodbye to Merry and Pippin, and then he says goodbye to his friend uh, Sam, and oh my goodness, you see the difference. You want to know what the, the difference between a friend loves at all times and a brother's born for adversity? Look at the way Frodo treats Sam. Look at the way Sam treats Frodo, and then look how... Sam and Frodo treat Mary and Pippin. Game changer. So that's Proverbs 17, 17. In Galatians 5, uh, verse 24 through 25. Let me get there real quick. Galatians and Ephesians. Okay, Galatians 5, uh, verse 24 through 25 so it says uh, and those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires if we live by the Spirit let us also keep in step with the Spirit so with this and then also says in verse 26 and and it really goes into like chapter 6 but it says uh, let us not become conceited provoking one another envying one another so but the first thing is as we see in verse 24 says and those who belong to christ jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires so there there comes this uh, moment of selflessness you know like uh again like as boromir died um i'm going to die with boromir like you know brothers in arms and so but when Boromir, let's say he gets raised from the dead, well, I get raised from the dead as well because I, w- I died with him. So when Christ died, I died with Christ. So that way, when he gets resurrected, I'm resurrected into a new life as well. So when I died, when, when Zane died, I killed, uh, like what, what died was my flesh uh, with my passions and my desires so zane quibito uh the, the the sinful zane Quibido, that is no longer that like that died that's dead all of all all of my old passions all of my old desires they're dead and gone my passions and desires are now god they're, they're, they're not gods it my, my passion and desire is purity it's holiness it's for christ's return And it's for unity in the body of Christ. And then it says in verse 25, how I talked about with Lord of the Rings, how it's like a daily kind of thing. What we see in verse 25, if we live by the spirit, let us also keep in step with the spirit. So, hey, if if we're deciding to go on this road, let's take every step going towards that, uh, that goal. And then um, and, and then like treating one another is like in verse 26. Let let's not become conceited, provoking one another or envying one other, another. Like don't poke the bear. You actually see a, a replacement and says encourage and 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 and, and, uh, and help the bear. Don't poke it to where it fights you and eats you, but rather encourage and strengthen and bond with them. Uh, the next passage is, uh, and really you could look at Galatians 5 and 6, um, where it talks about, like, man keeping in step with the Spirit. Christ has set us free. So, like, Christ has saved the day. Um, you know, like, uh, Lord of the Rings, how there's this long journey. And, and really you have to, like, sh- start shaping your character. Well, it says, like, in verse 19 through, uh, through 23, it talks about, like, okay, here's what's obviously like sinful. Here's what's obviously like the work of the flesh. Cause remember in, in verse 25 or in verse 24, we've crucified the flesh. Okay. So, so the flesh is dead with its passions and, and desires. So if any of what I'm about to list comes up in your life, that is of your flesh. That is of your passions and your desires. And that needs to be put in its place, which is dead and in the grave actually burned um so that it's no more so what should be dead verse 19 now the works of the flesh are evident or obvious sexual immorality impurity sensuality idolatry sorcery enmity uh, strife jealousy fits of anger rivalries dissensions divisions envy drunkenness orgies And things like these Paul goes on to say I warn you as I warned you before that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God but then in verse 22 it says but (laughs) but the fruit of the Spirit is love joy peace patience kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness come on somebody self-control and then and and then for those who don't like laws you're like oh i don't want any rules like you know i'm free to be me like you can't tell me what to do you know i gotta you know i gotta be like against the grain i gotta just be me well here's the thing you're in luck with jesus because if you bear the fruit if 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 you are transformed on the inside and then and then your actions just come from who you are, well, let's say those actions is that you're loving, you're joyful, you're peaceful, that you're patient, that you're kind and good and faithful and gentle and self-controlled. Well, guess what? There are no rules for you. There is no law for you. Keep those and there is no rules. There is no law. So there you go. Have at it. Um, and so so that's, you know, some of the stuff that you see. But I would encourage you to read Galatians 5 and 6. And honestly, all of Galatians 5, it says, Yo, y'all are idiots. Like, Christ died so that you can live. Christ died and was raised so that you can be raised with him. Christ has set you free from the law. Stop living according to the law, like I, someone someone lied to you. But look, you could have an angel come down and tell you a different gospel than I preach. That gospel's wrong. <laughs> and so he said, like, follow this gospel of freedom. And then, uh, First Peter. I'm gonna go to First Peter. I don't know if I hit my mic or not, but uh, okay, here we go. First Peter, chapter one. So we got here. Second Peter. Okay, chapter one, verse uh, 20, twenty-two through twenty-five. First Peter, chapter one, verse twenty-two through twenty-five. And 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 this this focus is like okay, we don't have we don't really have like a whole lot of time on this earth, so give it your all. Pursue God, um, the flesh that we have. Because remember, like the flesh, we saw the works of the flesh. We saw what they want. And they're all like material things that just are on this earth. We're about to see that life on this earth does not last. We're about to see that. But then we're also about to see what does last. So here we go. Verse 22. Having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth. For a sincere brotherly love, love one another earnestly from a pure heart. Since since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and abiding word of God. Four, and this is actually quoting the Old Testament. Um, all flesh is like grass, and all its glory like the flower of the grass. The grass withers. And the flower falls, but the word of the Lord remains forever. And this word is the good news that was preached to you. So what's cool is, is you look at this little, this little quote in verse 24 and 25, it says all flesh is like grass and all its glory, like the flower of the grass, the grass withers and the flower falls, but the word of the Lord remains forever. What you see here is our life on earth is not going to last forever. So you pursuing righteousness, you pursuing unity. Yes, it may be tiring, but there's an encouragement. Even in Galatians 6, it says, do not grow weary in doing good. Because look, we only got like 80 years on this earth, give or take um, 120 at the most. Um, bro, let's make the most of it. Let's make the literal most of it. And so, um, and so with that being said, now I want to transition into uh, some personal stories about relying on God. So here's the thing. Okay. Growing up, uh, I was impatient. So some people had like short fuses, short fuses. I didn't have a fuse. So like if I was upset, I was upset. If I was, uh, if I wanted something now, I wanted it now. And the thing was, is I just wasn't patient. I wasn't. I remember one time something was happening. Um, I like locked myself, I think, in a room, and I screamed. I said, "God, give me patience now." And guess what? Your God is faithful. Through every storm, your God will will is actually here, literally to help you walk out the commandments that God has done. And here's the thing. Jesus walked out every commandment that he commanded. So you're not doing it alone. Jesus has walked every step that he has called you to walk. But here's the thing. The Lord, being gracious and merciful, had me wait three years to get patience. But then after that, literally, like, not tooting any horn but like i'm pretty patient i'm quite patient with people and um and literally that's just because of god like i literally have to rely on god and there are moments where i'm very impatient and i continue have to i have to continue to rely on god i have to i absolutely have to So that's like kind of like my first personal uh story I remember, um, finances, yo, look, I'm in college, (laughs) uh, I'm, I'm in college right now and, and ministry doesn't pay much, uh, unless you're like certain people, but like ministry for the most part does not pay much. And so with finances, I have always trust God, like not always, but like I have for the most part have been trusting God with finances. Uh, I can actually tell you one story about relying on God, uh, with finances. I remember having $2, uh, in my wallet and I didn't, I didn't realize it at the time. And there's, was, there's was like this worship service and I felt led to tithe, um, all, all of the cash that was in my wallet. And I was like, all right. And so I looked in my, my wallet and there was two, two bills, $2 bills. <laughs> um, And I was like, all right, God, I trust you. Um, And and here's the thing is I was wanting things that were like probably $300 total. Okay, I put those two dollars in there. I started worshiping God and I was like, you know what? I trust you. I know. Like, I know you you see my wants and my needs. By the end of that day, I got two hundred dollars. And like pretty much $150 worth of stuff. So like all the stuff that I needed and wanted, I got within that day. That's because I relied on God. Uh, And there are other times where I tithe and I didn't see that like crazy stuff happen. Um, Where sometimes God literally just opened up my mind to where I could do finances and budget. Which was amazing. Uh, The next thing, it's like right now. Uh, You could say right now I'm relying on God. Uh, I want to get like a like a digital keyboard piano so I can start learning piano. And here's the thing, learning piano, I have to rely on God because uh, I never played an instrument before. And so I'm relying on God to help me through this um, so that I can uh, start to worship, not just with my voice, but also with an instrument. So I'm relying on God to to uh, for me to receive it as well as practice and learn it. Uh, and continue to persist in it uh, another thing personal story uh, one time my brother got in a car wreck I was in Florida he was in Tennessee and they had to fly in a helicopter to pick him up because he was way out in the country and I heard he was in a wreck I felt in my spirit it was really bad and God I felt God called me to intercede and pray your boy did with tears in his eyes uh, listening to how he loves this by David Crowder um, I didn't really say too many words but uh, but I relied on God that day and then later that day I heard that Aaron uh, my brother actually died twice in the um, in the helicopter going to the hospital. like he legit died like actual medical death died twice uh, but I, but because me and my family we were relying on God, he came back to life twice. <laughs> Come on somebody the devil. The devil may may cast some stones, but they ain't going to prosper. They may hurt, but they ain't going to succeed. Come on, somebody. <laughs> um, here's the thing. My own horrible self. OK, like outside of Jesus, I am a horrible and wicked and selfish and impatient and mad and angry and opinionated and critical person. I have to rely on Jesus Christ, my Lord, my Savior, my Helper, my Redeemer, my Teacher, my Maker, uh, my Guider, my Comfort, my Strength, my Confidence. He is everything. I have to rely on Him. And I'm so glad God has listed so many different things that He is. Like, God's your refuge, your, uh, your pride. God is your confidence. God is your... Um, God is your refuge, your safety, your, like everything he can take care of all of it. And I love that. And so, so I completely rely on him. And then, um, another thing, look, I know a lot of people are probably going to struggle with asking for help from God and then actually asking for help um with their best friend or 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 with other friends or or with people like hey do you you need me to help you do you need me to help you open the door do you need me to help you grab some bags or something like that man a lot of people refuse because i feel like they're just not honest with themselves um let me tell you a little personal thing um i grew up not wanting help Uh, i thought i was a burden to people uh not a blessing uh, I thought I thought everything that I needed help with, it would tire other people. They would get tired and exhausted and they're like, why do you always need help? And I never wanted that. And so here's the thing. Now I'm learning to just accept all help that's offered <laughs> and, um, and, and and even purposely like, oh, I can do this on my own. Let me grab someone to help me. And, and, and I've had to put that in place. It's like, oh, okay, so so, so there's two boxes that I could grab. Actually, I'm going to grab one box and then see if someone can help me. And then if I remember, you know, like if, you know, and I ask the Holy Spirit can, can help remind me. Uh, but I want to pray a blessing over them, uh, either just kind of like um, under my breath or maybe just directly pray for them and they hear it. But I want people to help me. So, um, yeah, so I'm, I'm learning I'm learning to have people help me, and it's very strange. And so now I want to move into uh, applying this to your life. And so, like, let me give you some practical steps. So, asking God, according to your limitation. Well, let's look at First uh, Thessalonians five seventeen. Um, oh, that's Hosea. Hosea is good. You should you should definitely read up on uh on Hosea. It's really intense. But it is a beautiful love story about uh, the Israelites. It's so good. Oh, there's there's first Thessalonians. OK, here we go. First Thessalonians, chapter five, uh, verse 17. So ask God things according to your limitation. So like uh, asking God for help and, um, and and all that. Here's the thing. First uh, Thessalonians 5 17 it says pray without ceasing there you go <laughs> pray without ceasing and so I'm pretty sure when you start praying without ceasing you're like without stopping um, or even just always having like that posture of prayer like I'm always on the lookout to pray for something um, and and giving things to God like I always want to give stuff to God because he's good he's upright he's you know As we've been digging in these past uh, five, six weeks now, um, I want to give God everything that I can. And so when you pray without ceasing, you're giving things to God. And so pray without ceasing. There's an application. Okay. You want to receive help? Pray without ceasing. The second thing, you have to be honest with him. Uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 12. Let me slide to it cha cha slide so ecclesiastes chapter 12 uh verse 13 through 14 here's the thing you have to be honest with with god uh because i've seen a lot of people where they have like a bruised arm or something like that and and god has given me the free gift of healing so i've been able to pray for people and see healing uh man i just want to do like a whole episode of just all the just just, just testifying really and uh actually last night i preached at uh my, my friend's church jacob malonso our uh, pastor jacob malonso and over there we saw six healings someone was dis- dyslexic their whole life and uh you know i got to pray for them and then they read two paragraphs without stuttering and without messing up at all uh someone had a torn acl then we prayed and then it was completely healed. Someone needed to look for a job and then as I was preaching, which was like 10 minutes after we prayed, one of their friends sent a job offer on Facebook. And then after service there was a girl with like a sprained ankle. We prayed for her and then she was healed and she was able to jump around. Then there was another person and she had like a lot of pain in her wrist and she couldn't like she could barely bend it and then after we prayed she was literally doing a handstand not feeling any pain at all and then and then the girl with dyslexia she actually had some pain like in her hand like some tendon issues we prayed for her and then now she has no pain whatsoever So like someone accidentally like hit her hand and it was like hurting like really bad we prayed for her and then that, that same girl kept hitting it. Like, uh, the girl's like, no, like hit me again. Like it didn't like, it doesn't hurt anymore. And like, she was slapping it hard and, um, she didn't feel any pain. And so you have to be, you have to be honest with God, with, with, uh, with where you're at. And I I forgot how that, how that healing, like tied in but like you know you you really want to see a lot of these these works it's like i need help with this i'm not the healer jesus is I, i'm a willing vessel and um and uh, and and i'm i'm gonna be honest with him i gonna be honest hey i feel tired uh I, I feel spiritually drained or something like that hey i feel really good hey let's actually do this oh yes this is where i was gonna tie in with healing some people are like oh i have a bruise uh, and I'm like, oh, I see you have a bruise. Like, do you want me to pray for it? And they're like, no, I'm okay. It doesn't hurt that much. It's like, oh, pff, stop lying. I know. I know it hurts. Um, and then you have some people with like a sprained ankle or something like that. It's like, oh no, it's fine. It's like, bro, again, don't ask God for things according to His limitations. Ask God for things according to your limitations. He's here to help you. Come on, somebody. So be honest with him, cause he, cause cause. Watch here, uh, Ecclesiastes twelve, um, verse thirteen through fourteen. It says, "The end of the matter, all has been heard. Fear God and keep His commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God will bring every deed into judgment, with every secret thing, whether good or evil." So what I think is, is hey, if you're lying about that, oh, I'm good, or like, oh, I don't need help. Well, God's going to expose that. Just to let you know, Ephesians actually says, the thing in the last chapter, it says, hey, we're going to expose darkness. You are the light of the world. All right, let's use this light, and let's expose darkness. You know, Gordon Ramsay looks into, into a bunch of different restaurants and stuff and then finds all the little stuff that they're doing wrong. It's like he has a huge flashlight in there. Well, that's what God's going to do, uh, not only in your life personally, but he's going to use you Expose everything in you. Uh, and then he's going to make a clean vessel. Then he's almost going to make it like a lantern. He's going to make you the light. And then you go to other people and you, then you shine that light. And so, um, yeah, so so verse 13, I want to use as as a side note. It says the end of the matter. All has been heard. Fear God and keep his commandments. A lot of people will say, oh, you know, man, at the end of the day, um, you know, whatever makes you feel good. Or, you know, man, at the end of the day, if people get loved, man, that's that, that's what it is. A lot. So many people say at the end of the day, if blank, blank, blank happens, then I'm good. Well, here's the thing. Biblically, at the end of the day, verse 13 or the end of the matter, all has been heard. So, hey, we've heard everything. But truly, at the end of the day. Fear God. And keep his commandments. For this is the entire duty of man. There you go, there you go. That's it. At the end of the day, fear God and keep his commandments. And look, I'll let you, I'll let you in on a little, on a little something, something. Okay? There are a lot of people who, um, right now just kind of been. I've I've been in the process of of getting to know um the 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 people um of like that are in homosexuality right now people in sexual sin uh i'm not like crazy educated about it i don't know how to counsel people through it uh i know jesus is the answer um you know i know a few things but uh but i'm like so, so i'm learning about this stuff and uh and and so i want to kind of communicate with this i want to be honest hey i don't know everything uh i know jesus can literally uh like he can help you put to death every bad thing and every insecurity, every confusion, every bit of emptiness and he because he is the fulfillment of all things. So there's a book actually the one suggests little little shout out. Um it's uh it's a book by Jeff Grinnell. Uh his brother is actually Man, what was he? I think he was like the treasurer of the entire United States of America, and then like I think he was the leader of like the CIA for a few years. Um, I forgot his first name, but it, but it's Grinnell, and um and, and and he has a book called Gen Sex Z. so it's like, uh you know like Gen Z, uh it's just talking about like the the sexual revolution kind of going on right now, and um it's G E N so gin and then sex and then I think it's Z X Y or Yeah. Yeah, something like that. Um, anyways, so that's what I'm in the process of reading right now, and um and and I've seen a lot of people like trying to, to witness to other people and man at the end of the day. As a Christian, we fear God and we keep His commandments. Now, what have, what what is His commandments? You know, is to love Him and to love people. But we also keep His commandments. You know, like we we also are called to purity and holiness. Um, and we've also seen multiple times in Scripture, even just today, um, that, uh, that 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 we need to stay away from sexual immorality. So we need to know what is. Uh, good sex like what is uh, a good sexual uh, life uh, you know like what is that what is a sexual life fulfilled look like sometimes it looks like being abstinent sometimes it looks like getting married um, you know a man and a woman being married and then you can have all the sex that you want uh, with each other for as long as you want when you're married And there you go. And like, um, and, and and it's amazing. And I, and I want to cover or or talk about sex, uh, in, in another episode, because here's the thing, like, it's such a good thing. It's an amazing thing to have. Like God presented it as a gift and as something to enjoy. And so let us not let the world, uh, dictate the, the, the thing that is pleasurable that God gave, uh, to to man. So now we're going to look at, uh, revelation. Uh, and, and and we are talking again about, uh, kind of being honest with God. uh, revelation 21. I have a a whole thing on revelation. Love revelation. It's good. It's not like you're going to burn in hell and all that. Now, if you know, like if you are bad, you know, if you haven't received Jesus as your Lord and savior, then yes, Yes, that's going to happen, but as most action movies were like, you know, a dad, um, you know, you have like this, you know, they have this family, and then the family gets trapped by these bad guys, and the bad guys are about to kill uh, the dad's family, so that, so the father literally would just murder everyone in order to get to his family. Yeah, that's Revelation. It, it is a action-packed love story. Uh, it's actually... You can kind of see it uh so you have, you have god you know he's you know the trinity and so uh, you have you have god the father going you have you have the king kings so you have the father going after his kids okay then you have the groom or jesus the husband going after his bride okay and then and then lastly you have the holy spirit and the holy spirit is actually freeing us from a bunch of uh you know like the the enemy's traps and entanglements and he's actually showing us the way out so that we can get to our father, that we can get to our husband. And then at the end and then at the end of, of all ages, really, um, you get to see all of the enemy, all of evil, dead, like completely dead and destroyed, put in its place, completely gone, burned up with fire. And now it is me or, or like now it is us and the father. It is us and the husband, it is us and our best friend. There's no more enemy. There's no more fight. All is, all has won. All has been won. So, Revelation 21, uh, verse eight, and then I'm gonna go. To, then I'm gonna go back and read verse five uh, through seven. So in verse eight, it says, "But as for the cowardly, the faithless." the detestable as for murderers the sexually immoral the sorcerers idolaters and all liars their portion will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur which is the second death croissant so wow okay um, so if you're a coward, if you're faithless, detestable, a murderer, sexually immoral, a sorcerer, idolater, and every liar, your reward is going into hellfire. There you go. Bye-bye. Have a good day. <laughs> um, yeah, that looks horrible. But watch this. Read 5-7 through seven now. And he who is seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Also he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give from the, uh, from the spring of the water of life without payment. The one who conquers will have his heritage will have this heritage and I will be his God and he will be my son. So we see, Hey, we have reliance um, on God making all things new. We have our reliance on the Bible or, or or in, and even like the book of revelation, like we have to rely on the book of revelation um, or the, the, and the whole Bible in its, in its entirety. Then we have to rely on God has already won the battle. God has already won the war. Uh, We have to rely on God with the water of life, of everlasting life. That's what he has. We have to believe that, we have to rely that it is without payment that he gives us the water of life. You know, the fountain of youth, well, God has it. (laughs) Uh, We will have it. And then we'll even be his son. And so we have to rely on God. Um, But here's the thing. If we want to have this, we have to be honest with God. Watch this. Hey, I can tell you how many times I've been a coward. I can tell you when I've been faithless and detestable. And then in Matthew 5, you see uh, Jesus say, Hey, if you have hate towards your brother in your heart, that is considered murder. Guess what? I've murdered a lot of people. I I am I am sexually immoral. I've lusted after women. And you know what? Jesus said, if you lust after a woman, you have committed adultery. You have committed uh, adultery in your heart. And then sorcery or, or, or sorcerers. Hey, I have manipulated people to do my own will. I have intimidated people. Or, or I've scared people to do my own will. I've been a sorcerer. I've been an idolater. I've, I've put YouTube before God. I've put Instagram before God. I've, I've put other people in front of God. I've worshipped. And I've devoted my time and my energy towards things other than God. And I have lied. <laughs> I have lied. But you know what the amazing thing is? If you look at Galatians 2.20, it says, For I have been crucified with Christ. So it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. I no longer live by the flesh, but by the Spirit. And Jesus has saved me. So, so, so you know what's cool? Well, guess what? <laughs> well, I hate people who are detestable and cowardly and faithless and, and, and idolize other things. I hate that. And I think they should be put to death because, because it's horrible stuff. I mean, like, and, and let's look at it. Hey, have you ever tried to step out in faith? And then you had someone like as your friend and they were cowards and they kept you from, from growing and kind of stepping forward. Have you ever had someone who said they were going to do something for you and they were faithless and fell out? And, and all the plans that they said, hey, I want to do this for you, I want to do this for you, and then it, and then and then it failed. You know those faithless people? Or what about the detestable? Those um those who are are almost disgusting to you and you and you keep your distance from them. Things that the people have done that are unspeakable. As for murderers, has anyone ever uh you could almost say like tore you down with uh, with their words so much that like you know they, they've almost murdered you and then but here's the real here's a real thing though has have people hated you in their heart and then have people actually murdered you know like persecution or or even um you know killing innocent children in or outside of the womb and, and, and I know that's a I know that's a big discussion about abortion, uh, for another topic, or, or for another time. Those who are sexually immoral, bro, pedophiles, rapists, um, people who do bestiality, uh, people who are adulterers, um, people who cheat um, on their spouse or on their uh, on on their boyfriend girlfriend, um, those who masturbate. You know, of you like, you know, like those who have raped people. Well, that's all going to hell. That is all. That is is all going to the lake of fire. The people who have uh, like toxic relationships, those who have manipulated you and scared you into doing what they wanted you to do. The people who idolize things. And every liar, every person that has lied to you. All liars will be cast into the lake of fire. But here's the thing is Jesus. Here's the loophole, though. Here's the loophole. Watch this. Jesus took on all of our sins. He bore them or or he took them on the cross as his own. He paid for them. He died with them. He brought them to the lake of fire. And now he was raised up again three days later, clean and pure, free of sin. And he said, those who come to me, may they lose, those who lose their life will find it. So when, when I say, you know what, Galatians 2.20, I'm, I'm, I'm going to die with Christ. Because remember, he died with my sin. So I'm, I'm going to die with him, that same death. That way, when he gets resurrected, which he has been resurrected for like 2,000 years, um, I will be resurrected with him. So now all all of this stuff in verse 8, which I have done, it is no longer counted on me. It's already paid for. It's there in the fire being consumed and then will be no more. I am a clean person. I plead the blood, the death, the payment of Jesus. So I'm no longer counted for by the sins of my youth and my transgressions. I'm now saved and right with God. I'm now going to be that verse five through seven. I'm going to be there. I'm going to be that new thing. We are going to be that new thing. We are going to be in the presence of the beginning and the vi- and the end. We are going to be uh, filled with the spring of life. We are going to conquer and have the heritage of everlasting life. And we will be the child. We will be the son or the child of God. Fantastic! Fantastic! But here's the thing. You have to be honest. You have to be honest with God. You know what? I am one of those people in verse 8. And I need to put to death that. And I need to put it down to death. And I'm going to take up Jesus. I'm going to take Jesus up on that offer. <laughs> and watch this. Uh, 1 Corinthians 10, 13 uh, through 14. And I would encourage you all to uh, to start learning where things are in the Bible. So, like, you know, if you have a physical Bible, um, start learning where things are, because it just it really helps like flipping through. And uh, especially when you have a bunch of verses, it's it's very helpful, very beneficial. First uh, Corinthians 10. And then uh, and then 13. So uh, chapter 10, there's this huge section about uh, about idolatry. And, uh, and, and right here we're about to see, it's pretty much what he's saying is, is, hey, the temptations that you have about idolizing something, that isn't rare, okay? It's common, almost every person has gone through it, but here's some hope for you, here's some encouragement. God is faithful, and he's actually provided a way out. Because why would God say, I don't want you to idolize anything, but never help you? Jeez, that's a cold-hearted, impersonal God. I don't like that. I want, I want a personal God who can actually help me again. I want a Superman. I want a Lord of the Rings. I want a Sam in my life. I need someone to help me. Um, So it says this in first Corinthians 10, 13, it says, no temptation has overtaken you. That is not common to man. God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. Therefore, my beloved, flee from idolatry. Keep God first in your life. There are things that you hold close, possibly even. Hey, we're just going to bring it back to it. Sexuality. Some of y'all... um and even and, and and there are times I think even in moments in my life where I start to hold on to this a little bit too tight. And, and 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 we elevate this thing above God and we worship it. Here's the thing God says, hey, I want to provide a way out, flee from idolatry. I want nothing other than, like over me. I'm the source. I am good. I am upright. I can give you true freedom. Uh, So, reviewing with application. Ask God according to your limitation. You have to be honest with him. The next thing, you have to rely on God. Uh, And I'm not going to read everything because I'm I'm realizing the time here. We got Philippians 4, uh, 4-9. through This is like, uh, do not be anxious about anything, but in all things, um, I think it's just like, pray without ceasing you know like just be in prayer um yeah uh philippians 4 4 through 9 so rejoice in the lord always again i will say rejoice let your reasonableness be known to everyone the lord is at hand and so what i kind of see here is like you know being joyful in god you know uh, like you know god is your silver lining lining if you have a stormy day God's your silver lining. He's your sunshine. And then you actually look at Revelation 21 that we were on, like, I think in 22 verse 27. It actually says God is going to be the light where there's no darkness anymore. So let him be your sunshine. Okay. Um, And then it says, let your reasonableness be known to everyone. Um, And then the Lord is at hand. So like, let people know you're trusting in God. You could pretty much say, and and like, and you actually have a legitimate reason to trust in God, not just like, oh yeah, well, you know, God is a a thing that I believe in. No, like the Lord is at hand. Like it literally says here, the Lord is at hand. Like he's actually on the move. Uh, He's actually doing stuff. And, um, and, and that's what you can rejoice in. Then verse six, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, Uh, with thanksgiving, or or, or with thankfulness, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And then it goes, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, whatever, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. And guess what? That's going to be Jesus. Uh, it's going to be Holy Spirit. It's going to be something. That's going to be somewhere in the Bible. Okay. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be in you. And so, and I've already given some scripture, like you know, First Thessalonians chapter five, bro. You can find some good stuff in there. Ecclesiastes, you can find some good stuff in there. Um, first Corinthians, find some great stuff in there, Philippians. And then, uh, now we're going to move to Matthew five, I'm not going to read it. Uh, but I'm going to kind of give you this like really cool thing. So the application is relying on God. Okay. Jesus says, Hey, you know how the law is like impossible. Well, I'm going to make it like 30 times more impossible. Uh, That's when you see like, hey, if you have hate in your heart uh, towards a brother, you've committed murder. Hey, if you have lust towards a woman, you have committed adultery. Good gravy. I can't. (laughs) What? I can't do this. I can't. And then Jesus says, oh, yeah. oh yeah." And you, you know your righteousness? It actually has to exceed the Pharisees, who were the guys who always got things right. Quote, unquote, they really didn't. But he was like, you have to be absolutely perfect the very last verse so look a lot of people will say oh god doesn't call you to be perfect he calls you to be perfectly imperfect uh no he doesn't he calls you to be perfect look at revelation look actually no look at all of scripture he calls us to be holy to be set apart to be stainless to be without blemish or spot we are to be perfect. This is a truth. And you know what? Fine. I'm going to I'm going to read it to you. I'm going to read it to you. It is Matthew 5. It's in the very last verse just so you, that y'all can y'all can actually see that Jesus has called you to be perfect. Because if you have this little option, if you have this room of compromise, you're not going to be pure. You're not going to pursue purity. You're not. Okay. I know I'm getting a little bit passionate. But because I'm trying to get this to transform my life and, and I've seen it transform my life. I really want y'all to get this because the world is so deceiving and it's so crooked and evil. And that's why it's going to hell. <laughs> that's why it's going to be burned and consumed by fire. And it's not going to be anymore. There's going to be a day when all this is going to be no more. So I'm, I'm letting y'all know. I'm strapping y'all up with the scriptures. so y'all can really see what's up. Okay. The last verse of Matthew five, it says, you, therefore, Jesus is talking to the crowd. He says, you, therefore, must be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. Matthew five forty eight, you, therefore, must, so, therefore, already, in, like, pretty much says a must in it, therefore, this must happen, like, 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 this, this is happening, so, it's like, you must, must be perfect, okay, just as your heavenly father is perfect, you have to, Have to. This is a must. Okay? You must be perfect, just as your heavenly father is perfect. Now, why do people say, oh, you have to be perfectly imperfect? Because they don't want to include Jesus. Because you know what? Jesus' standard of righteousness is impossible. Jesus said, you have to be perfect, just as your heavenly father is perfect. Well, guess what? I can't do it, Jesus. I can't. I'm a sinner, and I belong in those flames. I belong in the second death. Well, guess what, guys? The Lord God is loving, and he gives loopholes, okay? Watch this. You are to be perfect. Therefore, as your heavenly fathers. Uh, perfect. Well, guess what Jesus says in Matthew 5? He says, I am, I am the fulfillment of. Of the law. So that whole sermon I just gave you, well guess what? I'm fulfilling it. Or you know the old law that none of y'all could keep? Well guess what? I'm keeping it. Come on, somebody. Let me see here real quick. It's it's so y'all. It's it's like it's it's so crazy because Jesus uh, I, th- I think in, if I remember correctly, I think it's verse 17 through uh, through 20 like yeah, yeah like through 20. bro he literally says, hey, I'm coming to fulfill it And so so what does that mean? The only person in this entire universe to ever have have made it out and are actually perfect is Jesus. He's the only person who's perfect. guess who i'm gonna go to i'm gonna go to the person who had success in being perfect so the only way to the father at john 14 6 i'm the way or jesus is saying i'm the way the truth and the life no one can come to the father except through me why because no one is perfect no not one look at romans bro Not a single person is perfect. The only person who has ever been perfect is Christ Jesus. And through him, we get to go to the Father. So we have to rely on God. We have to rely on Jesus. But you know what? Jesus makes us perfect. Oh, wow. Look at that. Now we're more righteous than the Pharisees. Think about that. More importantly, like Luke 10, 19, I think through 20, it says, yeah, you have power to like um, you know, crush serpents and get bit by snakes and got not get harmed and cast out demons. He said, but look, don't rejoice in this that you can cast out demons. He said, rejoice that your name is in the Lamb's book of life. Mm, come on, somebody. So Jesus makes us perfect. We have to rely on God. We have to have to. In Galatians two twenty. And then even all of chapter 5, Galatians 2.20. I have, for I have crucified, or for I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. I no longer live by the flesh, but of the Spirit of God. Yo, I am dead, but I came back to life. Who am I now? I am a child of God. And so I will do everything. I'm relying completely on his teaching, his word, his will, his passions and, desi- and desires. And then chapter five, like you literally see like for freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand there, therefore, or stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Um, Oh, you want to like you want to be free? You want you want to sustain freedom? Well, keep in step with the spirit it's, in, it's in, you'll see it in Galatians five. Uh, closer to the end. And then watch this, um, relying on other people. Okay. So, uh, applications we see, ask God according to your limitation. Uh, the next thing you have to be honest with him. You have to rely on God. And then bro, we're called to rely on others. Uh, Hebrews ten twenty three through 25. Um, if I remember correctly off the top of my head, it's like, Uh, and, and let us consider how to stir one another up, um, towards Christ and good things. And like, let us not forsake gathering on like, um, often so that we may encourage one another and that we, we may build one another up for righteousness. Uh, pretty much that's kind of a rough paraphrase, uh, Galatians six, it says, Hey, if someone's fallen away from the faith, restore them in gentleness, Or it says, you who are spiritual, you who are mature, if there's someone who's falling away from the faith, if there's someone falling away into sin, restore them to gentleness. Uh, Romans 12 through 15, it talks about the practical day-to-day life of a Christian. Um, And and as we're relying on others, man, Romans 12 says, hey, there are many members, but one body. You actually see this repeated in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 through 14, talking about spiritual gifts. Romans 12 talks about spiritual personalities. Um, and with Romans 12, you actually see these different personalities. And, um, and, and you see the day-to-day life of a Christian. We have to rely on others uh, to encourage and, and to be patient in tribulation, constant in, in tribulation, um, and rejoicing in hope. First uh, Corinthians 12 through 14 and really kind of like the latter part, the, 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 uh, the late or the ending of chapter 12. We see there are many members, but one body, because if we were just an eye, how could we hear if we were just a an ear? How could we smell? And if we were just a nose, how could we taste? So we need one another to be a complete body lacking nothing. 1 corinthians uh 1533 it says um hey peep this y'all bad company or like bad people it it deteriorates good character so, so so let's say you're a good cookie and you like to follow rules but you hang out with the bad kids with the bad boys well guess what you're not going to be that good cookie anymore because you're hanging out with the wrong people you want to be wise walk with the wise, it says it in Proverbs, I can't, um, you could literally Google it, just say verse that says, uh, walk with the wise and become wise, and you'll literally see it, um, <laughs> like legit, you will see it in Proverbs, probably earlier, I think in Proverbs, or maybe even like 17, maybe at, like at latest, um, the next thing is First Peter, Uh, chapter four, uh, chapter four to chapter five, you will see so much instruction um, as groups of people need to encourage, to rebuke, to preach, to encourage, to gather together, to pray for one another, all that good stuff. And then James even talks about healing. Hey, is any one of you sick? Let him go to the elders. And then they will anoint them with oil, and then they will pray for them so that they can get healed. And then, hey, confess your sins to one another that you may be healed. Bro, we have to rely on others as well. And so in this life, you know, as, as you're praying Psalm 25, remember that, that it is good, it is healthy, and it is necessary to rely on God and people thank you for tuning in i hope you all have an amazing day um please if 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 this podcast is entertaining at the very least uh if it's funny at the very least uh but 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 at the most if it's really has been able to impact your life and has been able to help you grow in your faith and in your walk with jesus please share it with other people um and I think if you actually like, like stuff and comment and stuff like that, I think it actually helps the algorithm. So like, actually the, the word can get out a lot more. Um, but yeah, man, like I really want to see people, uh, young people get encouraged and equipped with the word of God. Uh, I want to be able to teach them in the way that they can understand. And, um, and, and like, I just, man, to see this generation, I think there's only 4%. Uh, in in america that actually have a biblical worldview so you look at like world war one i think world war two the 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 entire american population was like 64 percent um had a biblical worldview and right now the gen z they have a four percent worldview from 64 to 68 to to four we have so few who are Christians, and so being able to build one another up, to be taught, to be encouraged, to be, um, to be helped, bro, we need each other. If there's only four percent people in America that are Christians, bro, we have to help each other. We have to rely on and just helping one another and and bringing people to Jesus. And so um and so and so let us not grow weary in doing good, um, as Paul said in Galatians 6. But let us continue to, to stir one another on uh, to good works. And so, um yeah, I hope y'all are encouraged by this. Please like and hopefully subscribe, maybe even turn on notifications. I'm going to try to release every Friday. Like I'm going to try to release on the day of Thursday or like that that night of Thursday. Um, and if not, you can wake up every Friday and you will see the podcast up and running. So thank y'all have an amazing day. Um, tune in next Friday. Bye-bye.